What's up, guys? I'm going to quickly break my own rule on intros because this conversation sort of starts in a place that might not make any sense without context. I believe in your ability to figure it out, but I figured I'd just give you a little bit of a hand. John Rulin is a author, speaker, and runs a gifting agency. They do relationship marketing focused around gifts for VIPs. His book, Giftology, is incredible. You should read it. I'm going to put a link in the description of this. And even if you have no interest in professional gifting and personal gifting, you should read the book. Like if you're bad at getting gifts for friends and family, your significant other, etc., read Giftology. If you want to also crush on a business level, definitely read Giftology. John is such a cool dude. This conversation is a little bit old and I've been hesitating to share some of these older conversations because I was honestly a little bit uh, bummed about my own headspace. I just, I didn't think, I don't think I knew what I was trying to get at as well as I wish I did, but it was the best I could do at the moment and part of the journey. So I would hate for you guys to not experience all the wisdom that John shares in here. So the first question that I ask him is about ABC gifting because one of the things that he talks a lot about is that people are often stepping into crowded emotional areas where people are sort of numb to receiving gifts. And so ABC, anniversaries, birthdays, Christmas, I think that's the C. Um, And so he talks about sort of like, you shouldn't be gifting when everyone else is gifting. Surprise and delight. And so one of the questions I had for him was like, how do you personally handle those holidays in your life? And that's where this conversation starts. And then we dig into, you know, how you do things that have impact, how you stick out in noisy and crowded environments, how you don't follow the pack. And a ton of this stuff, if you're paying attention, can apply to so many things other than just gifts. It applies a ton to how we think about creating media. It applies a ton to storytelling. It applies to marketing. It applies to having friends and family. And it just generally applies to how you can show up for people and be a better person. So if any of that sounds good to you, you're going to want to listen to the rest of this. And uh, maybe we will do intros. If you have an opinion on that, DM me on Instagram and let me know. I just normally skip listening to the person doing this. So if you skip it, I'm not going to waste the time. But if this is helpful context, you can give context. So let's get right into it with John Rulin. And again, you should already have ordered Giftology. Book's incredible. Bye. How does John Rulin handle ABC gifting scenarios in his personal life? Well, I mean, uh, what I'll say is that the, the stakes are way higher. Like, it's like the... You know, if you're a web designer, your website has to be a certain level. If you're, you know, if you sell a supplement, they're going to look at you and be like, do you look like an athlete? Do you look like somebody that takes their own supplements? So the ch- the challenge is being married to somebody who my wife is super, like, she's a great gift giver. She's super thoughtful. And people around me obviously know what I do. So, like, the bar, like, people are like, oh, you know, of course you're a good gift giver. It's like, actually, gifting isn't even my love language. Like, that's the funny part. It's actually words of affirmation. I got into gifting because I saw the words of affirmation I got, and I'm an introvert. So I got people reaching out to me versus me having to be the life of the party. So, I mean, it's, it's a challenge. I think it's the most difficult for most people. Business gifting, the bar is super low. It's like people do swag, they do the same stupid dinners and golf and whatever else. It's like business to be a, you know, if you're a five out of 10, like you're beating everybody because most people are negative three. Most people think they're a 10 out of 10. Really, they suck at it. 
but in personal life, people like you can't really, you can't cut corners. You can't outsource that. You can't like, it's like you either listen, you're in tune, you make the energy, the effort, the follow-up, the, all that, or you don't. And if you don't, for somebody that uh, is thoughtful or aware, and most females, in my, you know, like in my opinion, are way better gift givers and way more emotionally intelligent. So all that to say, like, um, I'd, sometimes I knock it out of the park and it's like a grand slam and other times I freaking strike out. Yeah. That makes sense. But you do participate because that was one of the things that like I've almost run into the tension of sometimes like because giftology really clicked a whole bunch of things for me that I feel like I had always struggled with personally that then like I was bad at it personally. So business was just like an extension of that. But then I feel like when I started applying it back down the chain, I was like, so do we skip everyone's birthdays and just do random gifts? And like, sometimes that feels good. It's actually, it feels better to be the guy that's like, here's something really special for you, not on your birthday. But it does feel really weird to then be like not present on those days that it feels like everyone else is sort of piling on. So how do you handle that dynamic? Yeah, well, I would say that that's the one caveat is like that Giftology was written as a business book. If you don't show up for your anniversary and birth, your wife's birthday or husband's birthday, Christmas, those sorts of things, like, but you're not necessarily gaining brownie points. Like, those are table stakes. It's like Valentine's Day, all the Hallmark holidays, Mother's Day, whatever else. It's like, you better show up on those days. So, you, yes, I do them for my daughters. Like, I don't, I'm not like, honey, I'm only going to take care of you, you know, on a random Tuesday. Yeah. Um, but, like, business, it, this is really, it's a business strategy. So, on, but the personalization and thoughtfulness and including the inner circle and a lot of the principles still apply, but to skip the table stakes token holidays, um, personally, uh, I think is a big mistake. Mm, that makes sense. So business wise, it's like not necessarily a game worth playing and you just don't have to, but personally it's like, that's the other kind of table stakes where it's like, you have to be for people there for people on the expected days. But then the question is like, how do you go over and above maybe? Yeah. Well, you go over and above on those days or you do something great and thoughtful, but you might, you know, I th- still think personally, like showing up on random Tuesday and say, and Hey honey, I got you a spa package of the four seasons. I'm taking, you know, the four kids. Like I still think that it applies mm. to surprise and delight. The timing still can matter, but it's, it's, you know, there are, you know, ebbs and flows and there's always anomalies, right? Like any of the rules I give, like I, I'm like, don't give consumables. Like that's the worst gift on the planet. And you know, you don't know people's diets or you get one impression from it. They, you, you consume it, it's gone. But there are times, you know, like where food works, but 99% of the time I don't do food because I want to give something to somebody as an artifact and have them use it once a day for the next 10 years. That's 3,600 impressions, top right. of mind, referral top opportunities. So but there always is the caveat. Um, and so like having that emotional intelligence to be able to, to flow and adjust there. But, but here's the guardrails. Here's the system. Here's the process. 99% of the time, this is, this is the playbook, but there's always going to be anomalies. Right. The, the consumables thing was such a, a, I don't know, just a click moment for me. But I feel like something that I have been considering, which I would love your thoughts on, is like how do experiences fit into that because experiences can be like a one and done thing but a memory is also an artifact that you can go back to so they seem to be like how do you think about that in the framework yeah so people ask all the time what's better an experience or a physical gift and i'm like there it's not either or it's both Mm. it's like 
but most people do their experiences is like the same dinner at Morton's or it's the same seats or suite at a ball game. It's like, it's not once in a lifetime. It's not like, Oh my gosh, I've never been to a ball game before a dinner. But if you take somebody on a trip to Africa and swim with sharks and do crazy once in a lifetime things, that's amazing. Right. Go, you know, incur- I encourage people to do that with their clients, with their employees, with their vendors, with their partners, investors. But the cool thing is, is if you give a world-class artifact, every time they use the thing or the things that triggers, because we're all visual as a human, we're wired, God, whether we believe in the God or not, we're wired to be visual, tangible, like we're tribal, like you get something in your hand. That's why when you go to Chick-fil-A or wherever, you point to the picture because we're visual. Mm. So you use the physical thing, whether it's a knife, a 2000 art mug, whatever the crazy things are, every time you use it subconsciously, you're reminded of that once in a lifetime experience in that relationship. Right. So the best is do both at a level 10. Most people, I would say there's way more people that do their experiences at a level 10. Like when they they're not taking people to the Motel 6. They're taking them to the Four Seasons or whatever else. Like they're doing it at a higher level. But then it's like they'll drop 10 grand on the experience or five grand or a grand or whatever. And then it's like $75 polo or jacket. Right. Or it's like they're not congruent. Right. And people are like, oh, gifting and stuff doesn't work. I'm like, no, you're giving stupid swag thinking it's a gift. That's not a gift. If slap your logo on something and give it to somebody that's affluent or can afford nice things. You're just, you're actually manipulating. You actually just devalued the relationship and didn't even realize it. And so experiences, physical artifacts, I love both of them, but just do way more for way fewer people and do it at a world-class level. Right. Well, and I think something that has really stood out to me in that, even in the context of, you know, me coming from like a a video and, and photo media background is this idea that the experience, you know, it's to this idea of getting a handwritten note of the packaging that the the thing is important. The thing at the end of the road is important, but the way you take someone down the road is so important. And like for us on the even commercial media side, so often everyone gets so focused on like the deliverable that they lose all context for the road they're taking everyone involved down. And whether that's like your employees who are going to have to come share their experience on set or the customers that you're asking or the talent or the crew. And it's like, it's, it's both. It's, it's gotta be, there's gotta be some respect for the experience in the moment. But then when I think the other thing that I've found in that is that when you create a really great moment, or series of moments, the opportunity to then sort of tokenize that, whether that's through a physical object or the creation of some media thing or something, uh, we invert it, you know, that it's like, oh, I want the thing and I want to skip the path to get there. And it's like, well, if you take the path to get there, the thing sort of presents itself. And so like, even we did a, I did a project recently, um, which was a film with my buddy's story who he, uh, it's a crazy story, but he got, he got stabbed a few years ago. Uh, it was sort of just like this, this random acts of violence thing. And, uh, the, he, we were having a conversation about how, um, the, the defendant was, was finally getting sentenced. And I sort of was like, it would be interesting to make a film about that. But my whole thing was if it, if we don't feel good about it, it never goes anywhere. And it changed the stakes for me because now it was like the whole point of this is to make it a good experience for me and my buddy Dennis and my buddy Billy who came out to help me because this may only ever exist in our minds and nothing else comes after it. And that, that approaching it from that level, I think it's one of the greatest 
actual finished film things I've ever made. And it was like a little light switch moment for me that I was like, man, it's so easy to put the cart before the horse with this stuff. And then like the funny, I just have to tell you, uh, cause maybe it's a twisted sense of humor, but shortly after we did that, it was, um, Dennis's, he calls it his celebrate life day or his stab anniversary, depending on which day you ask him. Um, and I got him a, wow. uh, I got him a, a custom bench made knife that was engraved with his name and a quote from the video on it. Um, and had a sort of note about how, uh, it's our chance to show people what knives are really for basically. And like, it was wow. like, it was a very simple gesture, but it was like just all the dots lined up, you know, where it was like, oh, I don't have to overthink this now. It's just sort of like a, in many ways, an obvious outworking. But when we put the experience so far down the road and just start with like, well, how do I do something cool? You know, how do I do something that's flashy? How do I get a deliverable that sells people? You end up spinning in circles forever, you know? Yeah. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's not even about the stupid thing. The thing is a delivery vehicle for the emotion, right. the story, the connection, the relevance, the context, the what you're talking about. And so, yeah, I mean, the the best movies, the best video, it's storytelling, right? It's like we're all part of a story. We all relate with highs and lows. And, and so if you can show up for people and show that you put thought, attention, care into what, you know, and include their spouse or their kids or, you know, or what matters to them. Like, mm-hmm. obviously that like celebration of life, sad reversal, whatever, like there's very few things in his life that are going to be more like anchoring than that. And right. if you can tie into that and know his sense of humor or what he would appreciate or whatever else. And, you know, I, I do a ton with knives. I've never done that with a knife. I like, never given that to somebody for their um, celebration of, uh, of, of living and being, still being alive. But I, I really like it. And, and, um, I mean, how many times are you going to pull out that tool, use it, think about you, and tell the story? Tell the, the whole thing. It's like now it's an opportunity for him to not even bring it up in a weird way. Now it's like other people are bringing it up, like, what's up with the knife? Yeah. Because like, um, we all want to tell our story, right? We all want to share. Um, and now it's a trigger. Now it's an anchor point. And it's a pillar. So well done, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, I was I was proud of that one. It was uh, we ended up getting him. There were two other people who helped on the film, um, and we ended up. I made matching ones for everyone. So the crew people, because like Billy was there when we opened the evidence bags three years later of like Dennis's bloody clothes, and it's like this whole very memorable experience. But just like that little. Uh, tokenization of it was so cool which actually leads me into something that's like so this is another thing that i've really been paying attention to in the last few years was like i feel like there's this initial roadblock of okay reconnaissance in so many of these relationships especially on the business side there can tend to be a lack of information it's like well i don't really know these people i don't uh, you know, maybe have their addresses to send them things, or I don't know what they like, or I don't know their story. And there's this element of this to me that it feels like we're, um, a lot of the, the proper framing of a gift is showing someone what you see in them. And if you don't see them, it's hard to show them what you see in them. And so trying to get into this pattern of going, oh, I need to be better about having normal people conversations with all of these people in my lives. Because when it's all on this one level, it's really hard to actually execute any of this because I don't know you really, which is a sign of me not showing up in that relationship well. But I would be curious, any of your additional thoughts on this sort of like recon 
type, not in a sneaky way, but I've even started randomly asking people like, Oh, are you a coffee guy? Oh, you this, Oh, you that. And like, you end up like picking up all these little things about people, which give you a lot of little jumping off points. But when you're just like, okay, what are we doing today? Get in, get out. It's like, well, I don't have much to actually curveball this off of right now. So how do you collect info on people? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, we teach our clients because I mean, we have a done for you gifting service and agency, but I, if somebody can't get me the info, like we're not the ones that go do the research for the client to give to their employees or customers or whatever else, like they need to have the relationship. That's why people are like, oh, I want to do my dream 100 prospecting campaign with you. I'm like, no, you will. Like it's super expensive. You don't have the tenacity to gift for multiple years because that's what's oftentimes going to take. Like you need to do more market marketing, like take care of the people that are like you already have a relationship with. And you need to ask better questions and take notes and, you know, like, it's like, yeah, talking about what people did over the weekend. And they say they're going on vacation. You ask the follow-up question of like, where are you going and why are you going and who's all going? And like, oh, you have four kids or, oh, you have, you know, your dog's going or your spouse, like, oh, what's their name? Like, but most people have like this checklist and they make it awkward. It's like, hey, can you just fill out this form? So it's like, you're ruining the surprise, A, B, like people are like, what are you going to do with that? Like, it's like, it should be conversational. What I will say is, you know, we do know with a certain amount of certainty, there are certain common hot buttons amongst humans. I mean, you mentioned the benchmark knife. I actually I mean, I've interned with Cutco and they're our big, one of our biggest partners still 22 years later. People are like, really a stupid knife thing? I'm like, well, most people eat, most people <laughs> have a kitchen, most people are foodies or entertain or cook for their kids or host. So it's like, a lot of the things that we do center around the kitchen because it's the most universal. It's like why people go out to dinner with their friends and clients and employees or partners. It's like breaking bread is universal. So a lot of the things we do, like I'll, we'll do ironware, you know, we'll do, but it's personalized a certain way. And the more info we have, so we might fit whether it's one knife or a full $12,000 set, we'll engrave. If they're a person of faith, it's all scripture verses. If they're like, if they love, you know, Joe Rogan, it's Joe Rogan quotes. If it's like, we try to, we can take the same delivery device. And even if we're sending it out to 500 people or 50 people, the more nuggets that we have, the more we're able to say like, this is the blank canvas, the tool, the whatever. And we can, so we can scale the thoughtfulness. So that otherwise, like people are like, I want to do a different gift for, you go try to pull that off. Um, which, by the way, did that did that restart? Did what restart? All the, it it uh, went three, two, one on my screen. Oh, I don't know. I I did not see anything, so I'm gonna hope no. Okay, just I just want to make sure. <laughs> that's a that's an interesting question. I did not see or hear anything, so I don't know if Riverside did anything it's, wacky. It's, con- it's continuing to update. You know, okay. It looks like it's uploading. Okay. I'll make sure. No, I think we'll be okay. Um, I also have a backup on my end just in case Riverside totally craps the bed. Oh, that's good. That's, that's awesome though. I so, learned that the hard um, way. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, so to just continue on that story, like the, you know, the, like most of our focus is on going after the common monk, you know, amongst humanity. And when people try to like say, I'm going to do 50 different gifts, it's like they have good intentions and then they don't do it. Or, they do a little recon. They're like, this person likes coffee and they like send like Starbucks. Well, some, I, somebody sends me Starbucks. I don't really drink Starbucks. So I actually like coffee. I own part of a coffee company. Like I like really, really good coffee. I make my own cold brew or whatever else. Like, so a lot of times you gift in their hobby and they're into golf and you send them golf shoes. They already have five pairs of golf shoes. 
So the reason we teach people like, hey, do something for their family, if they're married or have a significant other, do something for their assistant or their chief of staff or the team, the people around the people that oftentimes don't get it ever taken care of. So a lot of our things were because we come at it from such a different angle, it allows for people that don't even have that much info on somebody for us to be able to say, hey, we can take care of these 50 people or 500 people or 5,000 people. We're not going to bat 1,000. Even if you customize every single one, you're not going to bat 1,000 because you could send Ferraris to everybody and people would be like, these three douchebags would be like, I didn't like the yellow. I wanted a red one. Yeah. So there's no like guarantees, but the goal is to try to bat, you know, eight, eight out of 10 to where people are like, this is one of the most thoughtful things I've ever received in business. Once again, bars low. You include somebody's family. You have their name, their family name, their whatever, their mission statement. Like, there's ways that you can dial in and say, across humanity, here's the things that I'm going to tap into, and with a certain amount of certainty, uh, be able to hit you know eight or nine out of ten, and and that's like you know it's a double Hall of Fame in baseball. So like, it's um, that's that's how we teach and execute for our clients. Yeah, that makes so much sense. I feel like one of the most undervalued resources in life probably, but especially business is some version of earnest appreciation and generosity. And I think that's something that I feel like you've tapped into really well is like, there's a lot of things that we all spend a lot of time getting really good at. Uh, and, and appreciating the people who have got us to where we are is one that we don't spend enough time on. And being honestly generous is another one of those things. And I feel like one of the most obvious areas of that for me in my life has been the difficulty of verbalizing and writing appreciation, actually. And you talk a lot about handwritten notes, um, which is I've found to be super valuable, but was like a, a clunky process for me to start trying to wade into, even as someone who like has written a lot of stuff, like, okay, how do I write someone to another person in this way? It's like uncomfortable when you're used to this very like formal interaction. And like, I don't know, for me, it was like, I, I feel like they're all my buttons started going off where it's like, um, to be totally honest, it's like, you know, those, those high school, early 2000s, like, well, you don't want to be gay and you don't want to be this and you don't want to be overly lovey and you don't want to be manipulative and it's not quid pro quo. And you're like, I don't know what I can actually say about you. Um, and I feel like I have gotten so much better at that, but instead of me talking about what I've learned, I would be really curious to hear your thoughts on how to write and verbalize better notes of appreciation. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think that we most people can you can find something in that that person that you appreciate, respect, admire, like, and it doesn't have to be like people think oh, a handwritten note has to be like you know five pages long. Like this isn't Hamilton. Like we're not in the eighteen hundreds. Like you don't have to write like you know five page letters. But most people are coming at it from a business perspective of alluding to referrals or deals or whatever else, and so you got to get rid of that, or else it's not really a note. It's your like it's, it's more of like an advertisement. And that's not going to land. And so I think that if you can have one specific thing that you're, you know, it's like a given a compliment, like would it, it need to be like, it needs to be specific. It needs to be genuine. Like if you can do a couple of those things and direct that, like and say, Hey, I was just thinking about you and which is, you know, really appreciate X and, you know, can't wait for the next time we're going to spend time together. It doesn't have to be more than four or five lines. It's so rare. Like once again, the bar's low, you get a handwritten note. Now you take it up a notch and put it on really beautiful paper, you know, cardstock. Um, I mean, we use our, our letterheads, $9 sheets of steel. 
you send out thousands of these notes to people and, uh, and, and, you know, people are never used to getting a $9 sheet of steel. Like that's kind of unusual. So it's, it's handwritten on a piece of steel. Like now people are like framing it and whatever else. It's like nine bucks, hmm. you know, $2 with the shipping. So 11 bucks. People are like, well, that's stupid. That's a lot of money. I'm going to get my car stock for 10 cents. I'm like, but you'll spend $18 on a flashlight that falls apart in 18 seconds that nobody cares about because you're branding. And I'd rather spend half that, save 50% and give a handwritten note to somebody. Because even within the gifting realm, if people want to send something, they're like, I'll just send it from Amazon. I'm like, nope, we, you, know, you can't hire us. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, if something comes from Amazon with no note in, or no context, like that's where it provides the story, the meaning, the context. Why, like, why are you giving it? Otherwise, it's just a thing. They can go buy their own thing. Like it, it, so the, the handwritten note to, to us is part of the secret sauce. Like if you don't have that, then you might as well go do something else. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. And I think that like, it's such a fun habit to get into because once I started doing it, it was like, and recognizing this idea of like, okay, like call out, I see you. Thank you for doing these things for me. Uh, I appreciate how you show up. These are attributes in you that I really admire. Uh, thanks for being the best version of yourself, you know, keep it up. It's like, oh, well, I can do that to anyone anytime now, too. That it's like if I'm on a set and talking to crew members, it's like, you know, whether it's the guy running lights or the guy doing sound or the people feeding people, it's like that being able to just articulate in my head how to properly appreciate people. Now it's this like free asset that I have all the time that was just wasted, uh, wasted throughput before, you know, cause like I was appreciating people, but I wasn't recycling that out. And that just the start, the act of beginning to do that starts to change the reality of how the people around you are showing up now that you've, uh, acknowledged seeing them. And so that's something yeah. that's like, I guess what I was curious about there is, um, it's something to this idea of like, I see so much content online right now that's about like how to increase profits and how to do this and how to do that. And it all feels very like get focused to me. Here's how to get more. Here's how to get more. And my experience in everything that I do has been that generosity is the place all good things start. And so how do you think about the interaction of like profit and generosity in a business? Because I think that that's part of where we get into this weird quid pro quo cycle of, well, when I have profit, then I'll be generous. And I don't know that that's exactly right. No, it's definitely not. I mean, I, I think first off, you know, nobody really cares about the gifts. Like people are like, well, I don't have a gift giver. I don't care about gifts or I, I don't have budget. And I'm like, do you have budget for relationships? Or you, have, you know, do you have a biz dev, marketing, HR? Like, like, well, yeah. And I'm like, well, that all, all we're talking about is investing in humans. Like generosity is just showing up in uncommon ways for people and with no strings attached. People are like, well, then it, like what happens if nothing happens? And I'm like, well, first off, show me somebody that's committed to doing, being radically generous to relationships for three years, play the true long game or even longer, five years or 10 years. Like the people that I, I, one of the guys, Joel Marion, who's a close friend of mine, like he was generous when he was a teacher at $30,000 you know, salary. Now he's worth like nine figures. Like you don't, you don't become generous because you're wealthy. You become wealthy because you're generous. And, and usually it's like showing up for relationships and like whether it's them or somebody that they tell, like good things just happen. That's how the world's wired. Like, 
that's how God's wired the world. Like, you don't know, like the principles, like in whether you're Christian or Jewish or whatever else, like it's Old Testament stuff. Like a gift, you know, ushers you before kings. Like people just like to be around generous people. People like to refer and, and make sure that somebody wins when they're generous. But people do mess up and they're like, I gave the gift, now I'm gonna ask for the referral. I'm like, then it wasn't a gift, it was a manipulation. So what I would say is if you can make it a math equation, and we talk about this in our like whole like blueprint that we take clients through, whether they're a solopreneur or a Fortune 500 company, take them through the same blueprint of talking through like, well, what did you profit last year? Because it is like nobody's running a charity. And so let's just say, you know, you made $100,000 last year. Our, our blueprint says 5 to 15% of net profits reinvested back into relationships to keep them, to grow them. And eventually the secret sauce is to turn them into a sales rep for your brand. Not, not just like a passively loyal person, but somebody that's actively wanting to see you win. If you think about it, like five to fifteen percent of one hundred grand—that's five to fifteen grand. Like it's not cheap, but it's also like you get to keep eighty-five percent. And oftentimes, the people that you're loving on and appreciating, you couldn't hire them on your payroll, even if you offered them six figures. They just turn you down, and you get that person out there advocating on your behalf when you're not in the room. Like it's the cheapest to love on people and inspire them to want to see you win. And like, it's like one of the cheapest costs, like almost everybody's business, whether they're big or small, they can point back to it's less than 100 relationships, even big companies like Google, handful of mentors, investors, advisors, bankers, like it's usually businesses rise and fall on a small quantity of people. Mm. Technology's cool. Like, I, I, you know, nothing wrong with any of that stuff, but every industry, manufacturing technology, you show me an industry that wasn't derived based upon the human to human connection. And to not like want to go pour into those relationships that allow you to even have a business like or a company or sales like it's just it's dumb. It's but people do it all the time. So it is rare for somebody to be radically generous and not ask for anything. But to me, like if you play the long game, I always tell people do it for three years. Come back. If, if you tell me it wasn't worth it, like I'll comp your next round of gifts. Yeah, because and nobody's ever come back. Why? Because when you do it consistently, like. It's, it's, you know, things do really, really well. So to, to that point, if your audience, your tribe wants to download our entire playbook, everything that we teach and walk clients and charge tens of thousands of dollars, doesn't matter if it's a cub, a Cubs or small businesses, you can go to giftologyplan.com and start to think about like what that math equation is and who those people are and how, how frequently should you send something. And our whole playbook that we walk people through is a giftology plan. They can go download it for free. Um, it's, and the cool thing is, is somebody that's small might only have three relationships to take care of. Like now they have a plan and a strategy and can be intentional with it. But the challenge is if you try to do it for 30 or 300 or 3000 people, that's where things start to get difficult. Um, but the same blueprint is, uh, is right there. Right. Yeah. I love that, man. That's something that's like, I, uh, I've always been a big sharer and it's funny cause I feel like it's a. It's a, it's almost like a cultural stigma now that it's like, oh, if you share stuff, you're like some like course creating money grabbing vampire of a person, um, which is part of why I, we don't sell any sort of content, but I try to just like share as much as I can online. And I feel like that is a an unfakeable signal that you believe in the power of what you do. And then it's like, okay, when, if you start just starting to do this, you'll get good at it. And, and if you can't, if we're not a good fit, you deserve to be good at this anyway, right? Like this is something worth doing. And if you get good at it, see the power of it, and then decide you want to do more of it, 
we trust that we're the best option. And a lot of people don't want to do that. And I feel like it's rooted in some belief that they're like not the best option or something. So it's like, oh, we got to like paywall this. We got to hide it all. We got to do whatever else. And so it's like, that's one of the funniest things. Whenever I go and get like an ad for like, here's our, you know, 20 step course to how to like maximize your video ROI. I always click on the profile and I'm like, these bitches give nothing for free. Like they've got to put everything they've got behind a paywall and everyone who really is good at what they're doing that, that I found doesn't, you look at you, you look at Gary V, you look at anyone who's like really, really excellent, like true expertise, I feel like is, uh, an awareness that you have so much to give away and that it's not a competition, right? It's like, oh, well you can't actually compete with us. It's not a competition, but like, I wouldn't try to beat you guys at your own game. So it's like, you can teach everyone all you want, you know? Yeah. No, Gary's, I mean, his book, Jab, 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 Right Hook, was that like, yo, it's not give, then ask. It's give, 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 then you earn the right to ask, that, not the expectation. You can't expect people just because you gave. Otherwise, it's not a gift. Right. You give your gift, you give, give, give to your wife or your husband and then expect something. How does that play out? Not real well. Because right. it wasn't a gift. You were trying to bribe or manipulate. And so, yeah, I mean, Vaynerchuk, I mean, he's a perfect example of like, he gives an insane amount away. And then like occasionally says, Hey, buy my wine, you know, that's half the price or buy my book. Like, you know, he's at $150,000 keynote and he can't like, he turns a lot down because he's got so much inbound of people just wanting to be around him and wanting to like be in his, you know, like his sphere. It's uh, yeah. But most people to your point, like they, they're afraid, they're afraid to give away their secret sauce. Like, they're afraid to give it away because they, they're like, well, nobody's going to hire me. It's like, no. The best people want somebody to partner with. They want to be around those kind of people. They want to collaborate. Like, I have other gifting companies that we're starting to get advisory shares gifted to us because they're like, we want you around. We like your stuff. We, want, we need your IP. We need you. want your influence uh, on our product. And, it, you know, initially when I wrote the book, I thought people would hate me in that gifting and swag space. But it turns out the exact opposite because they're looking to collaborate. They're looking for a refreshing voice of somebody who is being generous and showing up and giving new ideas. So I think you're spot on. Yeah. That's uh so what are your thoughts? Cause I feel like you're in a really clever place <laughs> and I mean that in the best way possible where it's like the nature of giftology is such that you can go like play the long game and worry less about ROI. But for people, you know, like most of what we do is in the content space. And I feel like that's a, we're having the same conversation, but in a different form a lot of times with clients, because everyone wants to be to your quid pro quo thing. It's like, well, how do I do one thing that's like cheap, fast, easy, that says everything I want to say that then is going to cause a million people all want to give me money. And I'm like, I have bad news for you. That's not how any of this stuff works, but that's yeah. the conversation we're having. And so how, how would you recommend people reframing the conversation? Because my experience has been that the best content is a gift actually. And that it, when you yeah. can show, when you can apply this framework of like showing people, you see them, showing people you're there for them, showing people that you're doing truly thoughtful things for the world around you that aren't obviously beneficial to you, that in the long run, that's actually the best play, but that we go into this very short term, how do we get conversions mindset and back to the the dentist video at the beginning it's like you ruin the whole experience and now none of it works and so how yeah. do you think about that idea of like not just in physical gifts but in content in 
advertising and marketing and whatever you do, playing the long game and showing up for people and sort of applying that giftology framework to other areas of your business. Yeah. Well, I think what, what's interesting is because we're in the gifting and generosity business, like it, I actually think other people are able to leverage it better than we are because people kind of expect it. It's like I send out a gift to somebody, they kind of like in the back of their head, they, they have to know like that could be coming. Right. And it still works. Even for us, where it's like, like people are like, kind of know our, like our game, like our, know our blueprint or model. So I think that when somebody's generous and it's not their game, I think that's why Vaynerchuk has risen, you know, in, a, in the media world and advertising and then why, like, because he's shown up generous and uniquely and differently. And so I think that it works even more so in industries where it's, that's not, it's like one of my buddies, Jonathan Kaiser, wrote a book. Um, about selfless service and he's in the commercial real estate, the most cutthroat business in the world. And he's the the number one largest, fastest growing commercial real estate company in Arizona. And it won't be long in my opinion, well, he'll be across the entire country and he goes in and serves the crap out of people over and over and over again. And because of that, he earns the trust and the, the business. Sometimes the business doesn't come for two, three, four, five years. Initially when he did it, it almost tanked him. But it was like one of these things where it was like hockey stick. So, but commercial real estate is like notoriously known for nobody gives. Now they might talk about it. And I'm sure there's other companies that are similar to, to Jonathan, but he's somebody who's like really like gone all in on this and it's worked. It becomes a shining star. So I think that, you know, to your, your question around like physical gifting, like really at the end of the day, all of this is love. The five love languages is like, you can do words of affirmation, which I use. I send people a ton of videos. That's a, that is a gift. When you like take your time to physically do something and acknowledge somebody one to one with a video, or even one to many, if it's if it gives them hope or roadmap or makes them laugh or any of those things are gifts. Handwritten note, gift to spending time with somebody that doesn't scale. That's a gift. Phys- you know, like all of these things are at the end of the day just making somebody feel loved and appreciated and seen. And so I think the more you can do that, whether it's one-to-one or one-to-many, and video is one of those beautiful things that has that ability to you know, be one-to-many, mm. um, I think that's really, really powerful. And you know, it could be like, it doesn't have to be overly produced. And, you, know, you probably know, like some of the, the best stuff is more raw or more real. Right. Why? Because it, it communicates like realness and genuineness and um, all the things that like, I don't care if you live here or in Africa or Idaho, like, like we all, there are all certain character traits that we all kind of admire as humans. Uh, but I think at the end of the day, like the, the methodology that we're talking about is loving on people and, and appreciating people. And, and that can be done a lot of different ways, but it still communicates love. Yeah. Totally. That was one of my favorite things that we did in the last few years was during the pandemic, we were working with a waste and recycling client who uh, wanted to wanted to do something that was like, thank you to our uh, our employees because they're, um, let's say like un- under-recognized essential workers, you know, during all the whole healthcare thing. It's like these guys were also going out there every day and taking care of increased residential trash loads and all this stuff. Um, and we had to do a quick reframe for them because totally understandably their first, I think, inclination was like, let's have like the board go on camera and say, thank you. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> 
this is not about any of those people. And so we did this whole thing where we went out into all the facilities at four in the morning with drivers inspecting trucks and uh, wrote this whole script about how these guys are, you know, the unsung heroes that get up and do all these things and was like, we just need to make this about them because that's the point. And so often we want to make it about us that it's, we're so great. We're so glad you're here. Thanks for being a customer, yada, yada. And it's like, the it was super impactful for them at the end of the day and i was i don't know i was really grateful for it but it was just a funny example of that like it's almost the same thing that you said about the like putting your name on a tiffany's vase at a wedding or something it's like oh we're so thankful for you here's our logo as opposed to being like let's go into the trenches with you and in this case a bunch of employees who most people never see that world you know they see the green grass and the trash drive by but all the actual nitty gritty of these facilities is unseen by most people and it's like let's let's come in with a uh, a cinematic approach to really respectfully demonstrate the beauty of what you do that most people don't get to see and like that's another moment of just like it twists people's heartstrings because it's so under realized so it's like how do we go find yeah. where you are that you don't think people see you and show you we see you yeah i mean at the end of the day we all want to be the hero in our own story right in the gift that's the funny thing is like a gift is about the recipient most people, I want something cool. I want something in my colors. I want my logo. I want on my time. It's my 50th anniversary. Nobody cares. Everybody cares about themselves. So whether it's video or whatever else, like it has to be about the recipient, not about the giver. Yes, the giver can provide some like, hey, I see you. I know you. I, whatever else. But at the end of the day, like it has to land and say, no, that person is seen. That person feels a certain right. way. That person is the hero, not you. Um, and people get it twisted and messed up and then they wonder why nobody cares. And it's like, because you didn't make them feel a certain way. That's why you didn't connect. Right. 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 Well, John, I could talk to you about this all day. I want to be sensitive to your time. Do you have time for a quick speed round? Yeah, of course. Okay. I have eight questions. We'll get through as many as we can. I know we've got seven minutes, uh, and they are, the intent is for you to answer them as quickly as you deem possible because they're slightly tricky. Yeah. Okay. Whenever you're ready, I'll start on your signal. Network marketing tips. What is your biggest pet peeve? Um, pro- people that don't, ha- don't have a product to sell. They just have an opportunity to sell. Mm. What is your favorite TV show? Uh, right now it is Ted Lasso, but I'm, um, I'm, my wife and I are watching Yellowstone. I've heard good things about Yellowstone. I love Ted Lasso. I have not seen Yellowstone and I will stop butting in. Can you tell the story of a specific time you showed up in an inauthentic way? Um, hmm. I'm sure there's lots. I'd be a better question for my wife. <laughs> that's, that's probably true. My, my, my engagement story is probably the inauthentic because I've made it all about me and what I wanted in the show and almost died for it. But it, it was really a, a engagement to show how cool I was versus making it about what she wanted. Mm. And um, I'm, there's still wounds and scars from that, you know, 14 years later. Mm. Man, that's, I feel that. What is your favorite emoji? Um, it's two. Fist bump with a heart or heart with a bomb. So the heart bomb, yeah, so like those would be my two go-tos. The love bomb emoji. I like it. What is the most common mistake you see people make with how they think about the value of relationships? 
Um, I mean, I, I think that people in general just don't realize how long the game is. And so they're only thinking in what they can understand that that human could deliver to them right now, not realizing that they might be in a position, you know, or five different positions over the next 50 years and realizing like we crossed the same bridge many, 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 many times. And so we're extremely short-sighted, uh, myself included as humans, like we can only, it's hard to imagine, you know, 25 years into the future. So I think it, the short, the, it's one thing to talk about the long game. It's another thing to actually like, live that as you're building relationships. Mm. What is your favorite dish at your favorite restaurant? Um, whatever the chef makes that night at Visia. It's like, uh, they call it vegetable four, but the meat is legit. The vegetables they make, they're like, you can't believe the taste in your mouth. And they have like a six course meal that's off the charts. Where's that? It's in St. Louis. Okay. I'll have to go check that out sometime. That sounds awesome. Could you boil your success into one sentence? Uh, give more than is reasonable. Ooh. What is your hardest learned lesson? Um, everybody's not a giver. Mm. And what is your biggest obstacle right now? Um, I am wearing a ton of hats personally and professionally and trying to figure out how to, um, show up at a level 10 in all of the father, husband, friend, sibling, business leader, community, church, like all of them. Like, I feel like there's not enough of me to go around and I, uh, oftentimes having to, apologize for not being able to do it all. <laughs> That's a, uh, I think incredibly relatable answer. Well, you've made it to the end of the speed round. That was actually fast. I think that was the fastest speed round that I've seen anyone do. And we are done with two minutes left. So I mean, overachievers, you're an overachiever. Evan. I try. I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much for your time. I, personally got so much out of this conversation. It's great to talk to you in person after reading your books and listening to your podcasts and watching to so many things. I really appreciate you have made a measurable impact in my life and the lives of the people around me and the, the work that we end up doing creatively and even, you know, little things like gifts for friends and family members. And so I am so grateful that you share so much of what you have learned and that you're just making the world a more generous place, man, which I think it really needs. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. I'm going to cut this thing off. Blamo. I think we're already basically uploaded. It looks like it says 100% on yep, my side. Yeah, you are good. I uh, Thank you so much, John. Did you feel good about that? How do you feel about yeah, that? That's a better question. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a uh, great question. Some new questions. Um, you obviously are practicing what we're teaching and preaching and doing, which is always in, you know it's fun to talk to somebody that's not just looking for a name or an interesting interview but are like no i'm doing this i, I want to share this and i want to get better and yeah know, it, i felt that well i'm so glad man i definitely i do i i believe in it so much and it's like uh it is a big part of my mission at this point to 
reframe a lot of how we think about content and just like the white noise of what it is and the very us focused stuff it tends to be. And, um, I feel like that's something that I, I spent 10 years working as like a commercial cinematographer and got so fried by like the mindset on big commercials and, uh, had to step away from it for a few years. And I feel like there's been all these little puzzle pieces that have been putting me back together on like, Oh, this is how it's supposed to be. And I, uh, yeah, your, your book during quarantine was a big one for me that was just like, Oh, <laughs> so it's, uh, it has been the best, whatever it is, $30 book to a couple thousand dollars in gifts to an immeasurable amount of joy in my life. That's like the best ROI you could ever have. Yeah, man. Oh, that's, that's awesome. 